To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Check out the all-new trail mix with apricots, pbandjoey.com for more information. Simple, honest, and delicious, pbandjoey.com, pbandjoey.com. trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Find me on Twitter at POS Sarcasm. You can find me on the Instagrams at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. And of course, Minds. Minds. Uh, my username is Positive Sarcasm. I got a bunch of articles today. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Arm & Hammer Deodorant. Why? Because I'm sweating like a motherfucker. And I got no idea. It's something to do with this shirt. I wore this wet. I don't know why. I really like this shirt. It's like kind of nice and silky. Uh, I don't know what it is. But for some reason, yeah, I'm jacked up on caffeine. Yeah, what about it? I'll talk about caffeine in a minute. I don't know what it is. I wore this shirt for, if you go to YouTube.com, YouTube, uh, plug that. My uh, username there is, go to the channel, YouTube, Positive Sarcasm. Uh, I, you watched the episode Derek and Sagda. It was a PS wedding vlog. Ding, 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 ding. I, I was wearing this shirt in the first part of it. And I just started sweating my ass off. And I'm just... I was so conscious about it. I'm like, oh, do I smell? Do I smell? Do I stink? I'm so fucking self-conscious about my my hygiene and everything like that. I'm such a giant mess. Um, I had to go change my shirt. And I've been, I liked it. I really do love this shirt. And I've been wearing it all day. And I just, I forgot to put on deodorant today for some reason. I don't use any perspirant because apparently that's not good for the old gentleman's sausage and, and egg rolls. So I just stopped uh, using it. I use deodorant only. I've been trying to go this natural route so I don't... Uh, I guess harm the environment or some shit. I don't know. But I just today I didn't put it on and god damn it did I pay for it. So I immediately like ran to the store. I didn't run because I didn't want to sweat more. I walked briskly in the cool, in the warm spring air and I got myself like another one of these. I'm going to have like 10 of these motherfuckers. Like for people who have like Apple phones, they're going to have like 10 cords. I'm going to have like 10 things of deodorant. But uh Thank you to Arm Hammer Essentials. I got to put more on before I get out of here. I got to change my, my undershirt before I leave. I am a, a mess. That, I want to wear this shirt for the rest of the evening. I don't want to change. I like this shirt. I know. I can't. I didn't get an, I didn't get another one. I should have bought two if I liked it so much. You like it so much? <laughs> Anyways, you can find me on all social media. If you want to support this podcast, you go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, mm, iced coffee today. It's a mixture of cafe... It's a mixture of Cafe Bustello espresso roast and what I had left of that Massimo Peruvian organic blend, which was quite uh, quite nice. It reminds me a lot of the, whatchamacallit, that El Colombiano coffee I got from that dude. I got to meet up. I got to chat with him. Or I got to buy, I'm going to buy his dark roast and I'm going to review it for the podcast, maybe in a couple weeks or something. Uh, it'll probably get here faster than those fucking GoPro housings I ordered. GoPro housings? I bought them. They're in Kentucky. I ordered them on Monday. You still haven't gotten here. It's that DHL e-commerce, some type of cheap-ass fucking mail service. Like, oh, it should be here between somewhere between Friday and, and Monday. I ordered, on, I ordered it next Monday. I need them for Saturday for an event I'm doing, the South Sudan project, uh, 200 seats, a whole thingy in Majigger or whatever. I was supposed to, I got, the, I need those there so I can, you know, do shit. So I'm going to have to 
build them or something. I don't know. I have to build some housings. By the way, this GoPro. I'm, all right, I'm going off topic. I'll talk about the GoPros in a minute. But yeah, this coffee, uh, it's actually quite nice between the, the, the harshness of the Bustelo Espresso and the softness and suppleness of the what was left of the organic blend. Quite nice. It reminds me of that El Colombiano roast, which is kind of light in the actual overall flavor, but it was, it was very, it had a great fragrance to it. Mm-hmm. Add a little ice. Fantastic. So I'm all done with that. It was originally whole bean until I grinded the F out of it. So that's all gone. I got the espresso roast, and then I got this like this like maple artificial flavored coffee shit. I saw it. I grabbed a bag. I'm like, yeah, it's worth a try. The the smell is always the scent of the coffee is always way better than the actual flavor of it overall when you drink it. It really flavored coffee doesn't. It actually doesn't. When you drink it, you almost don't taste anything at all. You know, you're expecting it to taste like walnuts and like oops and like super vanilla, but in the end of the day, you don't taste shit, bro. Nothing. You don't taste like God. You think it's supposed to taste like, you know, chocolate buttons or or or, or, or like dove chocolate or or I don't know, fucking rainbows. But when you drink it, it, tastes like coffee, bro. Tastes like coffee. Unless you put creamer in it, it doesn't taste like anything. So but overall this is quite nice. I do I do enjoy it. Uh this is, I do I do this is probably my one, two this is my one, two, three. This is my fourth coffee today. Uh two in the morning, like vitamins. One in the afternoon and one this evening. I got a thing tonight at six o'clock. I got to be there for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's great. Oh, and by the way, we're also in fucking pollen season here. So you go and wax your car, and about thirty seconds later, things get yellow fever. It's bullshit. Like beautiful car. Like you walk away for ten seconds, and next thing you know, it's like yellow. It just like it goes from blue to bumblebee. Bumblebee. What the fuck? So, yeah, that's the situation going on right now. This is a this is a typical New England thing. And this is when all the kids they get their allergies. And, My son's sneezing and coughing. And, you little fucking twerp. Um, what was I gonna talk about? Oh, those GoPros. Well, yeah, you can go check out the speak of the YouTube shit. You can go check out the Derek and Sagda video that's up on YouTube right now. Uh, the wedding video. There's another one. I got to test. Uh, there's, there's another one. I just popped up another one. I got to. Uh, I got back to the drift track this weekend uh, to meet Nedco, uh, the New England Drift Company or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Mike Booya Booya Bib, Mikey B. He's got the. He's got a Zanky car. He's he's part of a little a gang or <laughs> or a team of uh, of cars or a club called like uh, Zankies or Zanky Boys, and they're good drifters. And uh, I've gotten some really great footage of them, of them over the past couple of years. Uh, and I finally got a chance to really, you know, get back at it this year. And I hit them with probably my most, I don't know, is it my most aggressive video? I don't know if it's my most aggressive video, but I really tried to tie it back to the, when I did PS Vlog Week 85, side, Sideways Part 2. And I tried to make it as aggressive as that one. It was a little smoother, the transitions, everything kind of clipped together pretty well. But I got after it pretty hard, pretty hard. This was definitely a, you know, a throwback to what I wanted to do. I kind of tapered off a little bit, and when I did Week 99, One for the Road, you go to my go to my YouTube channel, go to Week 99, One for the, Sideways, One for the Road, and I kind of started using slow motion an awful lot in that one. That was really testing out. Every time I do... Um, 
every time I, I do one of those episodes, I always have a new piece of gear. It's really cool. Like way back in the day when I first did a, a sideways video, it was week 34 and I didn't really have anything. I had a handy cam. That's all I had. I did all my work with a fucking Sony CX240 handy cam. Then in week 95, I came back. I had the handy cam, but then I also had my Nikon B700 camera. So then I was like, cool. So then I'm, what am I going to do with the handy cam? Well, I just took the handy cam and gave it to the drivers in that episode. Which was like pretty cool. So now I get the the viewpoint of the of the pass from the passenger angle, and I get my viewpoint. So that's two viewpoints. Then in week eighty eight, when I got my gimbal stabilizer, I started testing out slow mo and state and stabilized video. So then you got to see a different viewpoint from that. So now I got that the handy cam, and that was really cool. Plus it was hot imports night, so I got to see all the shiny cars and shit. But eventually it all got back to drifting. But I got to use a lot of the slow mo in that one for that was week eighty eight. You can check it out on YouTube. But then I came, but then I did week 91. Week 91 was another sideways. It was called, the whole series is called Sideways. And it's just become a thing of its own now. That one, I got to use everything. I got to use the slow-mo, the Handycam, the, uh, my, I, my B700 was gone. My night, my original Nikon primary shoot was gone. So I switched to, at that point, let's see, week 88, I shot with a Sony S, no, not a Sony. I shot with a the hell was it a canon sx60 with an external mic pretty good uh camera for daytime shooting but once you go indoors and at end at night it really gets super grainy like more grainy than you'd actually expect for uh, a surprisingly compact and well set up camera but actually no at the end of the day it really was a pile of shit and the battery life was terrible terrible it was terrible but by week 91 i had everything i needed i had the slow-mo i had the gimbal stabilizer the extra cams the handy cam and the sony and my Sony Alpha with an external mic. So everything was where it should be. But now I went and grabbed two uh, GoPros. I got go uh, because I shoot everything in 1080 at 60 frames per second. I got two GoPro Th Hero 3 Pluses. You'd think they're ex they're expensive, but they're not. You can get GoPro Hero 3s uh, pre-owned in really good condition for around 40 bucks. There was two online. He was selling them for about 45 bucks. I made him an offer for $40 a pop, and he, and he took them. So I got two of them, and then I bought an accessory kit for another 30 bucks, which gives me all the clips and you know the, the suction cup and the stickers for put, mounting them onto a car. And the real handy one that came in this time was a clamp. I literally, but I didn't have any housing. I shit, I didn't order any housing. So uh, Polkin Productions, Turcotte of Polkin Productions was kind enough to let me borrow one of his housings. It was a waterproof one that didn't necessarily fit a GoPro. So in the video, you can actually see the outline of the actual housing. But it was kind of cool, actually, to kind of get that angle. I kind of made I made that work. So I put that on there. And with the and when I attached it to the clip, I was literally... Because so many, so many of these cars have been hit or scratched or bumpers torn off. You have so many places that you can now just jam the housing in there. You can get views from the bumper, the sidewalls, the inside of the car, the front, stamping it, the engine bay. You can clip it pretty much anywhere. And there was only one close call of actually almost losing it. Uh, just in general because the car... It was on the BMW Prime Drift cars who I met that team. I met Team Prime Drift uh, a few days, a couple days before the actual event. Uh, really nice guys. Shout out to Ian Buchanan and his crew. They're doing a really good job. I'll chat with you guys soon. I'll hit you up. I'll slide into your DMs. Uh, 
so I got to use the GoPros, and actually, they're they're a super reliable. I've never really had a chance to use them on a full time basis. Super reliable, super inexpensive, great video quality, easy to use, and awesome battery life. And they can take. I mean, inside the housing, I don't know what they're like out with because I ordered external housing that's non waterproof. So I don't know how durable they were, but these guys were lighting their fucking tires up. They were hitting walls, tons of shaking, no suspension, just craziness. And the GoPro was just like, yeah, I got this, dude. What of it? Now, GoPros are notorious for having shitty sound. They do. So I don't use them for sound. Well, at least not for these episodes anyways. I know that GoPros have shitty sound. They have even shittier sound when they are inside of a um, ex- a waterproof housing once you're inside a waterproof housing that's forget it you're not there for sound unless you are going unless you're underwater because i have the fujifilm fine picks xp 125 which is a great waterproof point and shoot camera it's awesome you guys can check it out you can get it for 80 bucks online a freaking do it all 1080p 60 frames per second 16 megapixels great in the daytime awesome underwater uh, weighs about nine ounces. You can just barely fit it onto a gimbal stabilizer, even though it's got that awkward bubble shape, but it's still work. It'll still do that. I chucked this fucker in the water in Florida, gotten just once I found it because it was blue. Oops, I found it. But just like a GoPro, it has shitty sound. Doesn't it doesn't record very high decibel sounds. So I went and ordered two Symphonic external a USB microphones for both of them. So the initial investment on the GoPros. Without the without the housings, uh, the housings were only seven to they're only seven to ten dollars altogether. Uh, the plastic ones, so I can fit them onto all the clippings and shit. Um, the GoPros are forty. The the accessory so forty no forty forty eighty, yeah. So eighty bucks for the GoPros, thirty for the accessory kit. So we're at one ten, and then the two mic setups. I think uh, I forget how much they cost, but whatever the microphones cost a piece, like fifteen twenty bucks maybe. So that's where I am with the whole what well, that's with all the GoPros. You can spend a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars just on one GoPro in general if you buy like a five or six. Here's the thing. If you're gonna shoot in four if you're gonna get something in four K, okay, that's fine. That's that's one thing. You need the frame rates. You need the frame rates. If you're gonna shoot in four K or you need that really spectacular what you get with the brand new GoPros is you get more stabilization, you get a higher visual, you get higher pixel count. Okay, and you get more res- and you get a better resolution, a bigger resolution. That's what you get. With mine, you still get a very wide resolution at 1080 at 60 frames per second. You get the 60 frames per second, so you can slow it down. All right, and you get 10 megapixels. 10 megapixels is about is is a slightly better video quality than my Sony Handycam, which is a 9.2 megapixel sensor. Okay, so you actually get pretty good video quality for it, more than enough for YouTube. Okay, and if you clean it up in post, it looks really, really nice. The so, hmm. so the intention now, now that it's passed the test of the durability for using it in a crazy environment like drift car racing. Uh, now I'm going to be using it for Saturday night because I'm going to be setting setting it up in two different spots for the stage when Aga takes the stage for the South Sudan project. The whole purpose now is audio quality, nighttime visual quality with stage lights, and and uh, duration of battery life. These things have to last an over an hour on stage by themselves, 
with the mics attached to them. And I know the mics are going to, I think the mics are going to juice the battery. So I got to test the battery life on these fucks before I do anything else. Uh, so if I, I want the housing so I can put them on, I may have to tape them to mounts. If I tape them to a, to a thing, that's fine, but I'd rather not do that. If I have to, I will. Um, but now I got to test them for that. So I'm going to get them. I got to go test out the audio quality to see how good it is for an evening, uh, for a nonprofit agency, but freaking those GoPros are, they're, they are actual GoPros. They're not faux pros. They're not made by Vivitar or some shit. They're actual GoPros. For the money, it was totally worth it because now I've got two extra cam. I got two extra cameras in my arsenal too. It's great investment because I'm thinking about sponsoring a drift car. Hopefully, um, that will be interesting so I can get my logos on there and stuff. You know, we all start from somewhere, but not a painful investment, really. I mean, it was an easy hundred fifty bucks to spend overall. But I do highly recommend if you are looking to get. Um, a a standard GoPro, a just a standard GoPro with good visual quality, um, with housing that you can attach to it, attach to anything. It will cost you, with a battery, with the camera, and with the uh, uh, the mounting unit, probably like fifty bucks if you cheap it for a good for a good one. So just fifty bucks over all around. That's not bad for an actual camera that can be literally a do-it-all. And you can also buy external LCD because the backing, they don't have any LCD screens. There's no visual viewing screen on the back of these GoPros. But you can buy them for like $10 online. They just attach right to the back and then you can see they're not they're not touch. They're not touch screen. But then again, with a GoPro, you don't need that. But you can get an external one for like an extra $10, which is, that's nothing for a freaking external screen. Try buying one for another camera. It's fucking nuts. Or, because they're GoPros, you can attach them. They have an HDMI port. HDMI port. You can literally plug it into a monitor. Any monitor. That's pretty dope. So all you need is the monitor and you can do that. Uh, oh, I'm almost done my coffee. So yeah, go and check that out. PS Vlog. Sideways. Hold my beer. <laughs> that one's called Hold My Beer. The reason this one's called Sideways Hold My Beer is because these drift guys, normally they get <sighs> normally they get a lot of photographers. A lot of photographers go to these tracks, okay? Some of them are really good, really good photographers. Some of them are decent, just freelance photographers, and some are just fucking lazy, uh, uh, territorial, and just not that good. They're not that creative. They don't think outside the box. And they don't stay the whole day either. And then a, and then somebody like me shows up. Somebody who's creative, durable, is willing to stay the whole time, is always looking for the new shot, always trying something different, is a videographer, first of all. All I do is vi I do strictly video. Okay. And I come in there and go and just go through all the motions. I have I have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cameras, all there, ready to go. I come in there and I can feel it already. I've made friends with some of them, like uh, Rob, Rob Goodwin. He's a, he's, a good, he's a good dude. I talked with one guy, another guy, I forget his name. He was a nice guy as well. But they see me running around doing all kinds of crazy shit, unafraid, attaching cameras to guys' bumpers who I never met, uh, handing cameras off to passengers I'd never met. 
Because I say to them all the time, I go, listen, my data is your data. So whatever you want, if you want the data from your car, absolutely, you just hit me up on my website, contact me, let me know what data you want. I'll send you over whatever fucking video you want. I don't care. It's your data. It, it is. In my, consider, in, my, in my consideration, it is yours. You know, I, I, I appreciate it. But I'm going out there, and I see the, some of the pictures that they do, and then I see them try to put video together. And I'm like, at this point, yeah, I am personally, I am talking shit. Because I see some of the videos that they put online, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Fucking hold my beer. And then I go and put, and then I go and drop my latest one, which took me, mm, I mean, calendar wise, it took me two days. Hour wise, it probably took me, a, a, I'd say maybe eight to 10 hours to produce. Okay. Just eight to 10 hours because of constant distractions and stuff like that. And there was only maybe a couple uh, editorial ed- editing fuck ups in there. Not really any of that. One was I, I forgot to do. Uh, I forgot to remove one little piece of audio for one reason, and I forgot to add in a clip at the a post, a post credits clip at the end that I'm actually going to add to the Instagram video that I'm going to be dropping from the same event. I'm about, uh, I'd say 30 to 40% done with the Instagram video. I just didn't get enough time nor enough focus to actually finish it. If I had enough focus and time to finish it, I would have had it done. It already would have been freaking, it would have been posted by the time I started podcasting. But it didn't get done. That's okay. It will get done. Uh, I already had the the idea is in motion. Like it's already moving. Like I already know. The hardest part a lot of times is just trying to get through that intro so you can start telling the story. That's the one thing that people don't, they can't really fathom. They can't get it off the ground. It's the hard thing for them to do is like get, figure out an intro. It's like, first of all, just start. The easiest way to start a YouTube vlog is either start with a big moment or just start with the first video you shot that day. Just start with the very first video you shot that day. See what's in there. Slow it down. Speed it up, and just get your intro in there. And then just keep, just keep doing that. So I was like, this was nothing for me, because you have to understand, not every video requires plot. Not every video requires commentary. Sometimes people are just looking for that visual shit to look at, because nobody or not enough people are representing their sport, their hobby, their interests, their motivations. From a video angle. It's mostly just photography or commentary. Well, I'm like, here. Here's some fucking Michael Bay shit. And I'll throw this right in your face. With some cool ass music. Because I take my time and I research the music. That I'm going to be using for Instagram. For YouTube. For algorithm purposes. That fits the narrative. Not, or Maybe not the narrative. Fits the actual video. You can't be using that mumble rap shit. That mumble rap shit, shit does not work. It doesn't. I'm going to tell you something right now about mumble rap. It fucking sucks. It's shitty music. It doesn't work. Stop listening to it. It's fucking garbage. All right? The music sucks. The 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 rappers behind them fucking suck. Elon Musk just came out with a Harambe rap song. Okay? He made it himself and cut it and edited it himself. All right? And I think he did anyways. Quote me if I'm wrong. All right, that, that just goes to show you with a little bit of clipping and editing, you can that that speaks to what mumble rap is. I can't say the same thing for actual rap music, like rap rap music, you know, like fucking Biggie Smalls and stuff like that. But not this mumble rap stuff. It's not music, or okay, excuse me, it is music. It's shitty music that's e- easily repi- uh, replicatable, and it's it just sucks. There's, it, fuck off, shitty music, and it doesn't work for drifting either. It doesn't. Only if you're doing parody. It does not work. Stop using it. Got to use some heavy shit. 
Like I used the Doom, the Mick Gordon Doom soundtrack. It was aggressive for Josh Gowitzki's video that for the Beige Avenger. I used Don't Let Them Run You by The Chemist. I bet you none of you fucks have heard of The Chemist. I bet you none of those fucks on the drift track have heard of The Chemist. But I researched them. I knew I knew what the song, the value of the tagline of the song was for, and I put it in that. I put it in that 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 idea, the frame of of drifting a car, and I was like, this is perfect. And I negotiated it with, with Josh to be like, okay, this is about where you want to be for a song. And he's like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm like, let me run a, the, the, the sample by you. and Dude. And then the ones I just did for this latest one, researching the music is key. The other shit, you're just being fucking lazy. I don't care what editing software you use either. You want to use freaking Final Cut Pro? If you want to use Wondershare Filmora? If you want to use Cyberlink PowerDirector uh, Ultra Mobile? I don't care. If you want to use, uh, you know, Microsoft Video Editor, I don't, Adobe Premiere, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. There are limitations to each one it can, uh, which each one can do, okay? Don't get me wrong. You know, there's some video editors out there. They know their shit. They know exactly what they're doing as far as clipping here, clipping here, clipping here. They go back and forth. But sometimes that shit with so many options, it takes too long. You want to be able to tell a story really, really quickly. So you want something that's really intuitive that just the snap of your fingers. You could just jump right in there, clip this, cut that, move it back, listen to it again, move it forward, move it forward. You know how many times I fucking listen to a song or watch a video, a piece of video, before I actually move on to the next segment and then eventually release it to the actual public before I do it and then still have, can criticize it afterwards before it's dropped because I see errors in it because I've been watching it over and over again and I know how I can even, I know how I can do it next time. I know how I can do it better next time before I even drop the video public. Okay, I literally do will watch something 20 to 30 to 40 times before it goes public and then another 20 times before after it goes public. And not on my own channel because I don't bump up the I don't bump up the views. I'll watch it privately to look for errors, to look for for transitioning issues or an example of something I could do better. Like I'll use a song, like a little piece of the song from one episode, but nobody ever sees the episode, but then it that it still holds validity to that song, but I'm like, I'm going to use that song in a different fashion, or I'm going to use it in the beginning this time, because I think it's a good build, and I'll go ahead, and I'll move that creativity back and forth. I won't try to ab overuse or abuse a song, okay, because that's, that's disrespectful to the, the creator of the song, and the person who remixed it as well. Remixers matter, but I don't want to abuse the song, but I really think it's appropriate to if you have a different idea of a, of a song or concept for a song that you've already used, explore that concept, put it into put it into practice and see if it works. And if, it goes, if it's good, execute it. Like, for example, week 99, I used a, a version of Meshuggah's Rational Gaze for about one minute. But then I had an idea. I'm like, well, not a lot of video, not a lot of people actually saw week uh, 99, One for the Road, sadly. But I'm like, I want to use that song again because I have a better idea of how to use it. So I did, and I actually fought with myself. I fight with myself all the time. Throw the jab! Throw the jab! And I was like, okay, I'm going to use it. I fought with the idea of using uh, a remix of Slipknot Surfacing, uh, Smack My Bitch Up by, what was it? The Prodigy, uh, may he rest in peace, and, of course, Meshuggah. I couldn't use Hacktivists, um... Hacktivist has a song out there that I wanted to use, but it's copyrighted, so it's gonna be it's gonna be Instagram only. 
and the version of Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, which was also copywritten, and the other remix, which wasn't, uh, I couldn't use. They just, it didn't work out. But I, I decided to use all three of the ones that I did have access to, and I decided on Meshuggah, and then put Slipknot Surfacing in the middle, which kind of made, it kind of worked out well, and then ended with Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up, that I wanted to use that song all along, and I ended with it, and the transitions were perfect. So researching the music is everything. So don't be fucking lazy. So when you're making a song, when you're making a video, okay, it's crucial the music or lack of music that you use or don't use could mean everything in the video, okay? I, you, you listen to Casey Neistat and, and the, the music that he uses. There is, a, there is definitely some research that goes into that. I love the stuff he uses. He uses a lot of DJ quads, Andrew Apple Pie, Joe Kim Carew. That's where those guys got big from, is from Casey Neistat using their fucking music. And I love the other guys who use this, make the suspenseful. The, there's some guys who make some epic uh, operatic type shit, uh, keyboard stuff, like White Sands, this cat from like the Ukraine. And um, Fox Sailor, who I fucking love. I I started finding out about him, uh, in like in, when I started doing like week ninety five, week ninety six. Started figuring out who he was, and I'm like, wow, it means everything when you do these videos. It really does, and it fucking drives me nuts when I see people who give attitude. When I see and yeah, I see people out there when I'm doing public event stuff who I'm I'm getting attitude from. Who, somebody who you just don't want to talk to. And I don't... Some of these guys are great. Don't get me wrong. There was photographers... The photographers I met down in Thompson, Connecticut for their drift event, loved all of them. All great guys. I'd party with them all day long. I'd work with them all day long. Hell, I freaking Venmoed them cash. Uh, and, some of, and, the, and they're the same ones I met at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. But you do got to be careful. Sometimes you, you don't want to say anything to these guys. You don't. Just do your work. You're, if you go there with a the camera, make sure you're behind the camera. And make sure you're available to help out. Like, I went out with the guy. You can see in the video. I went out to go video when a car broke down. I go and remove debris from their bumper. I help them pull cones out from underneath the cars. I do all that shit. I make myself seem helpful when I'm out there, not just a fucking directing traffic with my video camera. It doesn't work like that. You got to be with them. That You're in that crew. You're with that's – your, that's, that's your family at the time. Okay? Don't don't put a barrier. the 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 access point is through the camera. The camera is not a barrier. Okay, they'll ask you questions. What would it work have you done? And eventually, you'll get to the point where you become part of that family if you do good enough work. And the important thing is not to stay. If you go to an event, don't go for a little bit, videotape some of it, and then leave. Go to the whole event. The people who want to meet you, as long as they're not distracting you from something potentially that should be recorded, say hi to them. Nice to meet you. Da 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 da. Great. Yeah, I'm I'm here. To, I'm super. I'm pumped. I'm, I want to film this event. I want to get it right. And then yeah, it'll be up on YouTube. Da 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 or whatever. And stay for the whole thing. They notice that you're there all day. They notice that you're not wasting your time eating or not wasting your time talking. You're doing the event, the whole event. People, this is a word to all YouTubers and fucking videographers. You're going to shoot an event, stay for the whole event, and hell, if necessary, stay afterwards. They see that. The people who are there, who are running the event, see that. They appreciate it, and you get a lot more recognition and other opportunities afterwards, most likely, if you stay for the entire duration of the event. Believe me, it matters. It absolutely matters. So, yeah, that's my diatribe about 
um, you know, putting in the effort, doing the research. Know that. Okay? Thank you. Class dismissed. Anyways, uh, Johnny Monotone was supposed to be here for the podcast, but I don't think he can make it. Plus, he's got a Tupperware party at 5 o'clock-ish, so uh, I'll let him, you know... He, you know, he's got an open, he can, he's got an open door policy. He can always, I can beat on his ass another day. No big deal. Anyways, um, let me just double check the, this, there's something f- fucked up with my soundboard. I think, I don't know. Shit drives me crazy, yo. You know, it's, these things happen. You just gotta be okay with it. You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to crank that. See how that works. Fuck you. I'll just make the sound louder. Anyways. <sighs> Stupid thing. Let's get to some articles. Because I'm fucking annoyed now. All of a sudden. It's been an annoying day. I want it to be a good night. So. Anyways. Let's get to some articles. Hmm? <sighs> So you can support this podcast by going to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Let's get to some movie reviews. Not movie reviews, because I didn't watch any fucking movies, because I didn't have any time. I was too busy working. You know, YouTube shit. Uh, Air, let's see, what is this? This is Science and Tech from CNET. Air, Air Force, Air Space Force. Air Force Space Fence passes debris test. It's another step in dealing with the problem of space junk. By Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez. Of CNET. The Indian test showcase... What is this? Okay. Sorry. Space junk is just what it sounds like. Abandoned gear and shards of shattered equipment in orbit around Earth, adding up to more than 500 pieces... Uh, 500,000 pieces of debris. And it's a problem. It can damage satellites orbiting the Earth in interview with spacecraft launches. A system designed to track it... To, to track it all... That's what he said. Nice job, Oscar. A system designed, a system designed to to track it all has passed its first test test. The U.S. Air Force Space Fence, an elaborate ground-based radar network, detected debris from the Microsat R destroyed by India as part of an anti-satellite test in March. Defense contractor Lockheed Martin said Wednesday it was then able to determine the orbit of the remnants and predict when the space junk would pass through the fence again. Oh, great. So you blew some shit up just so you could see how much fucking space junk uh, is now out there. And now you've created over 800 more pieces of debris. Did you clean it up? Huh? Answer me! The Indian test case showcased... The Indian test showcased Space Fence's capabilities in a real-world event. Colonel Stephen Purdy, director of the Space Superiority Directorate, at Los Angeles Air Force Base said in a release. The system was qu- quickly able to was able to quickly respond to a highly dynamic situation providing critical data. Well, isn't that fucking great? Um, let's see. The space friend the space fence space fence space fence system located on the Kwajalein Atoll in the Marshall I- Islands isn't yet an operational system tested started at the beginning of May, Lockheed Martin began working on the space fence back in 2009, June. Uh, space fence will help detect space events before they happen and prevent threats to satellites, GPS satellites, and International Space Station. The U.S. Air Force and Lockheed Martin didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. Hey, that's great. So you can detect 
you can almost be ready to detect every single piece of debris that's ro that's orbiting our Earth. Great. When do you plan on actually cleaning it up? Can you tell me that? Can you answer me that goddamn question? When do you actually plan on keeping it up? How the fuck are we going to get Because every time we can just keep launching, launching more debris out into the Earth. But we don't know how to clean it up yet. What happens when the fucking asteroid's gonna head is, is like ten years away? When are, when are we gonna vacuum up the Earth's atmosphere so we can get out of here first? It's bullshit. When are we gonna actually clean it up? You know how much there's five five hundred thousand pieces of debris, as small as a bolt, traveling at over seventeen thousand miles per hour. I talked about this a little while ago. Seventeen thousand miles per hour, seventeen to twenty thousand miles per hour. Why? Okay, that's not like dropping. That's not like dropping a penny from the from the international. That's not like dropping a penny from the Empire State Building and hitting it through your head. Imagine dropping a penny from the Empire State Building and it hitting your head at 20,000 miles per hour. Okay? It will be the cleanest wound ever. Anyways, let's go. You know what? Maybe I should go to a nice article. I should probably... Let me, let me switch to a nice... A nice, friendly article. All right. This is by this... Oh, no, not that one. That's an angry article. Err, angry. Err, angry. Billionaire. Okay. This is from Rogue Rocket, Philip DeFranco's team. Uh, Nina Pasquata. Hi, Nina. How you doing, girl? Billionaire pledges to pay loan debt of this year's Morehouse College graduates. This is freaking cool. Uh, okay. I'm going to sp skip past the bullet points. A generous gift. Billionaire tech investor, philanthropist, philanthropist, Robert F. Smith, said he will pay off the student debt for all graduates in Morehouse College's class of 2019. Smith announced the news on Sunday while delivering the commencement address at an all-male, historically black college in Atlanta. Quote, On behalf of the eighth generation of my family who have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus, he said. This is my class, 2019. And my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Hoo-hoo-hoo! His announcement shocked the nearly 400 graduates. 400! Who reacted with cheers and applause. Fucking better. One graduate student named Aaron Mitchum? M-I-T-C-H-O-M? Want to get your name spelled right. Sorry. You know. Respect, bro. Told the Associated Press that he had drawn up a spreadsheet to calcula calculate how long it would take him to pay off his 200000 in student debt. According to his math, uh, as long as he learned good math in college, according to his math, it would take him about 25 years. I can, quote, I can delete that spreadsheet, he told AP after the commencement. I don't have to live off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I was shocked. My heart dropped. We, we all cried. In the moment, it was like a burden had been taken off. Brandon Moore, another graduate, told the New York Times, now all of a sudden, quote, now all of a sudden I can look at schools I might have considered because I'm not applying with about $100,000 in undergraduate loans. Who is Robert S. Smith? Hmm. Well, let's find out. Smith is the founder and CEO of a private equity firm, Vista Equity Partners, is worth an estimated $5 billion and is the richest black man in America. Richest black man in America. According to Forbes. No good for him. The 56-year-old who originally hails from Colorado now lives in Austin. Went to Cornell for his undergraduate degree and earned a BS in chemical engineering. Ooh, that's a good one. Afterwards, Smith earned his MBA from Columbia Business School. 
He went on to work for several companies like Kraft General Foods and Goldman Sachs, advising companies like Apple and Microsoft before founding his own investment firm. What does this gift mean? Let's find out. Smith's pledge stunned administrators who called it the largest single gift in school's history. The donation also comes at a time where student loan debt has... Oh, is that the problem? No, nope, that's not the problem. Wait, is that the problem? Nope, it's not the problem. Where student loan debt has soared to roughly one point tribe, one point tribe, one point five trillion, according to re recent Federal Reserve data. I wouldn't disagree with that, and I wouldn't argue that either. Morehouse President David A. Thomas called the gesture a liberation gift, telling CNN, "Ooh, Communist News Network." Who's that? Oh, don't care. Powerful Joe Rogan meme. Uh, when you have to service debt, the choices about what you can go do in the world are constrained. No shit. Smith's gifts, Smith's gift gives, Smith's gifts gives, gives them the liberty to follow their dreams and their passions. According to Thomas, the total amount of student debt for the class is still being calculated, but the AP, the Associated Press, estimated the gift is about worth $40 million. $40 million. According to Thomas, the total amount of student debt, blah, 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 blah. in return, Smith says he expects the graduating class to pay it forward to give future classes the same opportunity one day. One day. Let, quote, let's make sure every class has the same opportunity going forward because we are enough. We are enough to take care of our own community, he said. We are enough to ensure that we have all the opportunities, the American dream. We will show it to each other through our actions and through our words and through our deeds. Ooh, he's done other, but okay. The billionaire tech executive has managed to stay under the radar for much of his career. While his don major donations have thrust him into the spotlight, it is far from his first generous gift. In 2016, in 2016, he pledged a $20 million gift to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Cool. The same year, he donated $50 million to Cornell University to go towards its chemical and biomolecular engineering school and to support black and female engineering students. Okay. In 2017, Smith signed the Giving Pledge, a commitment by some of the world's richest people, including Bill and Melinda Gates and Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, who had promises uh, giving most of their wealth to philanthropy. In 2018, he gave $2.5 million to the Prostate Cancer Foundation to focus on research and care for African-American men and veterans with prostate cancer. Before Sunday's graduation speech, he had already donated $1.5 million to Morehouse for scholarships and a new park. Okay, I can tell you one thing. School loans suck. And you already know my opinion about college. Whether or not, I have an article here about whether or not you should even go to college or if you should just go to a trade school. But the amount of money, I mean, Jesus Christ. First of all, I don't know what you're going to get out of going to college. I mean, there are some things that, you know, there are some things you should still go for that will still have actual value uh, in today's economy. But for the most part, if you're just going for a liberal arts degree, I don't know. Just no. So I understand that there's there can be some arguments made against this. But no, forget it. Whenever a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever, whenever somebody decides to give you money just because they want to do a good thing, it's not forced on them. They just want to give you here. Here's some money. Here's a, you know, here's a lucky break. Go for it. That's awesome. I don't got a problem with it at a call. I don't care how he, if he wants to give it to the Catholic Church, great. If he wants to give it to another group 
or, or, or a small school out in Toledo, great. He wanted to give it to this college, good for them. Now they don't have $100,000 in debt, and they can go and hopefully uh, take advantage of the situation and do something great about it. That's awesome. Good for them. You know, I appreciate him for doing it. Uh, that's awesome. I had, when I left, I went for went to school for two and a half years. Okay, I went to college for two and a half years. I went to a fucking tech school. All right, I learned nothing. Okay, I really did. I learned nothing. There's one thing worse than going to a tech school and not getting really a tech trait. Going to liberal art. Okay, I went to a tech school for and got a liberal arts basically, almost like a. I was going for liberal arts type stuff. You don't do that. Go to a tech school. Go for something tech-ish. Go and get your certificate. I, I, I could literally pay off a $300 alcohol fine that I plead not guilty on and get my CIS certificate, Computer Information Certificate. And that's it. That'd be fine. But that should have, I mean, I went and stayed in the dorms for two and a half years. It, I, had, I left for after two and a half years. I, and that's back in 2005. $34,000. Okay. I was 20... 20, 20-ish, 20, 20, yeah, 20-ish, 20 21, 20-ish, 21, and yeah, thir- boom, just like that, 34 grand in debt, just like that. Before I even turned 21, I had 34 grand in debt. It gets deferred for about a couple of years, next thing you know, you're about 22, 23, and you're now having to pay it off. I was paying $275 per month on whatever I was making back then. It's a lot of cash. A lot of cash back then. I, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I still have some college debt. Not a lot, though. Now, think about it. I was 22 back then when I started paying on it. I'm 35 now. So 34 grand, I have under six grand left. Okay. And that's paying, I paid one off back about two years ago, two, three years ago. Just gave him, wrote him a check for 700 bucks and said, don't fucking bother me anymore. The other one, I still, I, I reconsolidated. I don't pay much on it now, but I was paying full boat for like 12 years on it. Did not take a, really took almost no time off, was never late. But yeah, you can still, that's just 34 grand. These kids are leaving college, $100,000, 150, 200, quarter of a million, half a million dollars in debt. College debt. It's fucking nuts. Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year for tuition. What the fuck are you gonna do? You're done. You cannot go to college for to study one thing, leave, go work in that field, or try to, and then switch to another field. You can't do it. You are forced to pay off those student loans no matter what. You go bankrupt. You they that they'll still follow you. Those college loans will still follow you. And I can only imagine if you go into credit consolidation, which basically means you stop paying for all your you stop paying for your you stop paying your bills, basically. You know, your rotating bill is your debt, and then you have to consolidate with the credit card companies or the collection agencies that work for the credit card companies or bought the debt from the credit card companies to pay off that debt. I can only imagine because a lot of these student loans, they're federal grants. Not federal grants, they're federal loans or they're state loans. So now you got the state or the federal government coming after you. Now don't pay. Now don't. Now go into cons- consolidation 
and do- say you're not paying that and you've got to talk to my my consolidation company. I could they'll probably show up at your fucking house and arrest you. They'll probably put a lien on 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 your on your car loan, on your mortgage. They'll come after they'll go to your job. They don't give a fuck. They're the federal government, they're the state government. They don't care. They're not going to talk to a, a credit consolidation. I doubt it. I I way doubt it. So I, so the I am I feel I do I truly, I generally don't feel bad. I don't give a fuck about people, for the most part. I really don't. My I don't got an empathy button. I don't, I don't turn on empathy. I don't give a shit about it, people. Um, I do feel bad in a lot of ways for these poor fucks, who are being told that they have to go to college to find themselves or learn or, or new experiences. Right now, college is bullshit. They go there. They got to, first of all, find, uh, they got to get approved to go to these colleges, okay? They got to get in. They got to get approved. They got to get accepted to these colleges. They got to work their fucking asses off in these colleges while they're there because most likely they're not Zion Williamson. They don't have a freaking, they don't have a, a, a high basketball IQ. So they actually have to do their homework and take these tests and all that shit. And then they got to go, and then while some of them have to pay off their loans, they got to pay off shit. While they're studying their asses off 24-7 to get that whatever for the next 40 years of their life, they go there paying off stuff while they're in school, working a part-time job also maybe, and then they have to leave after four years. You work your ass off for four years, and the only thing you get in return is a shitty college degree, which in a lot of cases is not going to end you, not going to get you anything, and you go and work a job for little to no money, and you've got two hundred. You've got a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars waiting for you to be paid off. That's it. You're done. You got a fucking house. You have a house mortgage and no house. Okay, you've got no equity in anything. All you have is debt. You get a little piece of paper and a huge amount of debt. So why would you go to college? Why wouldn't you just go to a trade school? You know, I mean, uh, let's see. What I have Trent Ham from the Simple Dollar. He's talking about, you know, trade schools instead of college. If you don't know what you're going to do, go to a go to a local community college. If you really don't know what you're going to do, or just go get a job doing something at least for the meantime that will pay you while you're trying to figure life out, while you're trying to sm- start your own s- small business or while you're traveling or while you're just figuring shit out in general. You don't have to go, if you don't know what to do, why would you go and take on debt? Why would you go and do that? I mean, if you want to go to college, if there's something that interests you, go into a fucking trade. Okay? The average trade is going to cost you, what, per year? About 16000 well, Actually, I don't know. Uh, let's see. This is what Trent Ham says. For a lot of people, going to a four-year college seems like an automatic choice when they graduate from high school. The reason is obvious. Higher income. According to the... A bachelor's degree accounts for an average of $16,900 additional income a year over... Okay, that's for diploma and shit. Uh, let's see. Let me just take a look at this article. It might be... It's a cost... High cost of a bachelor's degree. The average cost of a bachelor's degree, $127,000. Whoa. Uh, let's see here. Trade school is an alternative. What is a trade school of vocation? Let's see. Drop-off medium, medium amount of salary, stat of course, price of education. 
The average trade school degree costs $33,000. That's one year at a low-paying job, which compared to a $127,000 bachelor's degree, you're saving, it's a savings of, that's the average, saving of 94 grand. 33 grand is one year. One year. Don't be stupid for one year and you'll have almost no debt. And then you can reconsolidate it with good credit after one year and pay less and have a good interest rate. And you'll also have an actual technical field that you're smart in. And there are tons of companies who don't know what the fuck they're doing. They'll hire anybody with a technical degree. You'll bring it in. You'll immediately start making that 30 grand back, 40 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand. You'll move up quickly, easily. Bachelor's degree will cost $154,000, while a trade school degree will only cost 40 grand. It's a savings of $114,000 just on the degree. That's awesome. Job security. Unless you are, unless it's, it's a job security. Yeah. Unless it's a field that is in tra- is transitioning out, your job security is, is definitely high. Okay? Is definitely high. There's a lot of companies that need, that do need coders. Okay? Right now. All right. They say that automation is on the way. It is and it isn't. For a lot of things, it is coming closer than you really than you realize. For others, it's way too far away. It's not just the red tape and the refusal to accept automation. It's just the fact that there's, it's still a, a lot of the testing phase. It's not going to wipe out everything. Automation can't run. It can't at that point. Human, you know, humanity is still needed to monitor humanity. But as far as going to college, man, fuck. I mean, good for these kids to get you know get their loans paid off. That's a huge. Imagine leaving college and having no debt. I can't. Well, I first of all can't. I should. I personally should have never went to college. At all, like I should not have. I should not have gone. I really learned nothing. Think about it. You're 18. You leave home, or you stay home. I don't know. One or the other. My me personally, I think you should leave. First thing you do when you graduate high school, leave home. If you're in a, if you live in a small area where there's not a lot of life going on, leave. There's no future there for you. Leave, go to a bigger town, a small city, get your food, get your roots and your your culture planted that way. I always recommend moving to a small city of 50,000 or more so that you can start to you know, view humanity not from such a narrow point of view. Okay? Move to a smaller city, get your roots there in some way, shape, or form, travel there often, and then get out and then find a job in that area. Okay? Or an internship or something like that. Even an internship. Internship would be great. But something, and work hard on that. And also start writing down your, your hopes and your thoughts as far as maybe things you want to start your well. Maybe you want to start a blog. Maybe you want to start a, a service of your own. Maybe you want to uh, invent something. I don't know. Maybe you want to start a business, a small business, whatever it is. There's, you know, you want to develop websites or you want your own website. Etsy's going to help. There'll be, you got plenty of social media that'll help you promote your businesses. You have Etsy, which which helps handcrafted people and, you know, entrepreneurs like that. Squarespace, your own website, you can design it for yourself for like 10 bucks a month with its own built-in, um, you know, cash-in, cash-out system. You have Venmo. You have PayPal. You have the Cash App. You have all these things for you to actually make money. And if you need to learn something, fuck, you can Google it. You can bang it. You can YouTube it. There's many ways to solve all these issues. Traveling. Okay? 
there's so many avenues for learning if you focus on those one things. And then it put it, take, taking a trade school on top of that, if you even need it at all, if you don't, then you have no debt. Instead of just going to college for whatever reason, what, to develop your social skills? That's the one place now where you're not going to develop your social skills is college. Go out into the real world, get a job, get fired. You can always go find another jitty. You get fired from a shitty job. Don't worry about it. You can always go at 18 and 19 and go find another shitty job. But definitely be the best, you know, go be, try to at least be good at it. And from there, you'll be making money because you have no fucking debt. If you want an apartment, fine, go share, go get in a shared apartment or whatever. Or something like that. But go out into the world and make money right away. And you'll learn responsibility very quickly by being out on your own instead of being under the fucking safe, the, the safe cab, uh, cat, the space, the safe roof of college. You'll be much better off that way, believe me. So, if you are going to go to college, I consider a trade school. If you must go to an all-around liberal arts school, I recommend a community college, the cheapest in the area. You'll, I think you'll be much better off. If you were a good, if you were a good student in. If you were a good student in high school and you're looking for a more advanced career, like chemical engineering or some shit, don't worry. Do whatever the fuck you want. You already know what you want to do. Go to whatever college you want. You'll more than likely make and make back all your loans in like a couple of years, and you'll be fine. That's different. I'm not talking about you guys, okay? I'm talking about the rest of us who got no fucking clue what we're doing when we're 18, and we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of our lives, okay? Shit, we got 12-year-olds that are making more money on the internet than I do. Although I'm doing quite well, thank you for asking. Okay, so, don't go to college. <laughs> but definitely move out of your parents' home as quickly as you can, okay? If you got, pack your shit, get out, go learn life. Go to, go to New York City. Go learn New York City, uh, not Los Angeles. But go to move to a city, any city. 50,000 or more. Sometimes Jumping into like a huge city can really traumatize you and actually hurt your ability to grow. So definitely a small city, dip your toe in the water, and then and then make the jump if you want. But you're not going to make anything in that in that my hometown. You're not going to get anything accomplished there. You're just going to fall back into your normal routine. It's not going to work that way. We are coming up on one hour, and I am my deodorant is not working out. So I'm going to close up shop. I'm going to hopefully check out this these audio issues that I'm having in the last half of the, after my initial 30-minute rant. I'm not sure what was going on, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, if you guys want to, let's see, you can find me on all social media. If you want to contact me in any way, shape, or form, you can go to my, you can go to my, all my, you know, social media bullshit. You can go to YouTube and check out my two latest videos, Derek and Sogna, The Wedding, and PS Vlog, Sideways, Hold My Beer. You can go check those out. Uh, you can check all those out on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm. Hit me up on all social media. You can hit me up on, uh, on Twitch stream all the time, twitch.tv slash Positive Sarcasm 1. And uh, if you want to hit me up directly, go to PositiveSarcasm.com or Positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com. You can uh, find me on there. I'm coming up on an hour. I appreciate everybody. I'm going to figure out what the hell's going on with this fucking stupid audio issue. I'll figure it out. I'm a champ like that. But thank you guys so much for watching, listening, and supporting. I will check in with you next week. Remember, hit me up on my YouTube channel. Share, like, subscribe. Tell the world. I'm coming for you. I will talk to you guys all next week. Don't forget to tip your waitress.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.